year ago and moved to the Sarnia area to see if God could use us there. And uh, we came in contact with the gathering here early on before the beginning of the summer. And Pastor Garth got connected, God led. And uh, when we came here, wow, it just felt like home. And, and I think it felt like home because of the fact it is a church plant. It is, it is a new church plant. And that's something that's always thrilled us. Whenever God puts together a new group of people... And, and puts together new bonds in Christ. That is amazing. And it's fresh. And that's what you have here. The opportunity to start new, to form new relationships, to make the gathering a God-honoring place for you, for your family, for your friends, for your neighbors, until God comes. That's what's so beautiful about being here. And when we first came here, we felt that. Now, this morning, we're continuing Pastor Gar's promise series, and uh, that's great when you make a promise and then you go away, isn't it? You know? Uh, and so, uh, anyway, we are here as guest speakers to carry on the series, and it's a privilege to be able to do so. Promises are things that God has given to us. Promises are, are, are commit, is a commitment that he has made to us, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so every one of these promises is for us. You know, as we, we start this morning, we need to realize that this, God gave these promises to me. And so the, the question is, do we receive them? Do, do we take them in? And so that's what we, I need to challenge you with this morning and challenge myself with, well, will I accept this promise? This is what I'm saying to myself. And believe me, the reason I chose this psalm this morning is because this psalm has ministered to my heart in, in perhaps one of my darkest hours. And so this, this is coming through my own experience. As I pour out to you just the things that God has laid on my heart, this has been my experience. And, and I want it to continue to be. I, I want to claim God's presence. Because today we're going to look at the promise of God's presence. His presence. Something we take for granted, don't we? Oh, God, where is God today? Where is God today? Is he, is he here, there, in a rock or a tree? Certainly not. That's false idolatry. God's presence is his Holy Spirit. And he said, I'll send you a comforter who will be with you. When Jesus left this earth, he said, listen, I have to leave. Because if I don't leave, the, the Holy Spirit won't come. And so God's presence won't come. If I don't leave, it seems interesting. The Son of God needs to leave so the Holy Spirit can come and, and, and spread his presence throughout the earth. And that's where he's at. He is everywhere. And more importantly, he's in you if you're his child. And so this morning, we're going to look at the promise of God's presence. And we're going to look at three, three things that are really important to us in life. Our safety, our sustenance, and our security. Our safety, our sustenance, and our security. Think about that in relation to your own life. What are the three big things that you're always working on and trying to take care of and trying to solve problems around? Well, we need to be safe, don't we? We need protection, always. Uh, we need, you know, everything about our lives is geared for safety. You know, it, it's amazing how many safety precautions we have installed, you know, in our lives. Seatbelts, for one. You know, airbags, for two. And, uh, and, and, and bags on the front, bags on the side. And it's like, you know, there's 
we're, we're always concerned about our safety because we're always vulnerable to so many things. I mean, it scares me to imagine another hundred years how safe we're going to be. You know, we'll be all wrapped up in a bag somewhere in a room and just the door closed. And here's where you can stay. And it's a virtual world. You interact with the world virtually because this is the safest place for you. Well, the world is filled with threats. And uh, we need safety. We need sustenance. Okay, food's big on our list. We're always going for food. Okay, if we don't have enough food, there's trouble in River City. Okay, and so we need food. And so sustenance and then security, protection. Uh, now, it's somewhat related to safety, a place to go to, but it's a little bit different. It's, it's protection, protection from all the threats that are around us. So that's what we're going to, we're going to kind of go through those three big things here. And, the, and we're going to try to figure out how does God's promise change our lives? So let's read God's word first. We're going to read God's word. We're going to let God's word speak to us. And then we need to answer God whether we want his promise. That's what we're going to do here this morning. If you wonder why we're here and what our purpose is, that's what it's about. We're going to read God's word. We're going to let God's word speak to us. And then we're going to answer God. Okay? And so let's read. Psalm 16 is the passage of scripture this morning. If you can find it in your Bible, Psalm 16. Or your Bible app, as Pastor Gareth so aptly always reminds everyone. You should have something that has the Word of God on it. Pull it out. Take a look at it. You need to look at this. Okay? Because just reading it, we're not leaving it. We're not reading it and leaving it. We're reading it and cleaving to it. Okay? That's what we're going to do this morning. Read and cleave. And so, preserve me, O God, verse 1, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord... You are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or the grave. Or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. And underline this one in your Bibles. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. How does the promise of God's presence change our lives? Thank you for reading the Word of God with me. Well, I talked to you about our great desire for safety. God's presence leads us to safety. God's presence leads us to safety. The first verse, preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. Where do you run to? What is the go-to in your life when you feel vulnerable? Think about that. You know, some people will go over and have a drink, and that calms them down. They feel vulnerable, they feel upset, they go take a drink. Calms them down, okay? 
Is, is that a refuge? You know, you know some, some people will go to food. As long as you just fill up, you feel better. Something sweet, chocolate. I like chocolate. That's my refuge. Okay, when I feel vulnerable, chocolate makes me feel secure. We, we have go-tos all over the place of things that we can go to. Cupcakes, you know, muffins, donuts, Tim Hortons, coffee, Starbucks. Might as well plug everybody here this morning. Okay. God's presence leads us to safety, but our go-to, where we're really safe, is going to be where? God's presence. In you I take refuge. In you, Lord. Okay, when I'm feeling vulnerable, I run to you, Lord. You know, self-preservation is as fundamental to humanity as eating or drinking. Okay, our go-to habits, what are they? Where do we go when we're fearful? What happens when we go bankrupt? What happens when our health fails, when we lose the life of a loved one? Someone dear to us, what happens in our world? Where do we go to for that? You know, there's there's not enough drugs or alcohol or mind-numbing substances in the world to take away the pain and the fear and the vulnerability we have when these tragedies of life come, and they will come. Where do we go to? The promise of God's presence you know, is, is, is critical. In you, I take refuge. So we des- God's presence leads us to safety. I'll give you a little outline here. When we desire God's presence, okay, God's presence leads us to safety when we desire God's presence. Like verse 1 is is desiring. In you I take refuge. I go to you, Lord, first and foremost. God's presence leads us to safety when we admit our neediness. Our neediness. Verse 2, I say to the Lord. Now this is very personal conversation we're having this morning. We're talking to God. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. Think about that. What good do you have in your life? What good do you really have in your life? Think of all the good things you have in your life. You have some good things. We all do. And we look at all those good things. We have to ask the next question. What are we living for in our life? So we can have all these good things? And so, in which case... Who is our God? Well, are the good things our God? Instead of one thing, one thing and one thing alone that that has only genuine and true, authentic goodness, and that is the Lord's, his presence. Okay? And so David David is the, the author of this psalm, and it's a song that he sang out these words. As we sang words this morning, we sang out commitments to God this morning. So David sang out these commitments to the God. You are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. Can we say that? Can we say that? No good apart from him. You know, if we do, we'll never draw close to God. We'll never claim this promise of his presence if there's anything better. Or in a, using terrible English, gooder than the Lord. Okay? In the light of eternity, what good thing are you holding on to in life? What good thing? In light of eternity, in light of today, 
in light of where we live, what good thing do you have? So though God's presence leads us to safety, we desire God's presence, we admit our neediness, we choose our companionship from it. You know, I like the next verse. I always wonder, why do you put this in here? Why is he so excited about the, the people? I mean, do we get excited about people? People drive us crazy, okay? And so, you know, when we go to church, there's still crazy people in church, aren't there? You know? I mean, we're all Looney Tunes here. And it's like, you know, so you're not going to avoid crazy people. And so it's like, but there's something special about these crazy people, you know? There's something beautiful about us. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones. Hey, we're excellent crazy people, you know? We're the excellent ones. Not because of us or anything about us, but because Jesus died for our sins. That's what makes us excellent in his sight. And David says, in whom is all my delight, my companionship is found. I'm led to safety when I seek companionship here and find it among God's people. And of course, the next verse here, uh, I'm just going to make one point about this verse. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. So the choice is not so difficult. If you run after your other gods and your other goods, your sorrows will only multiply. Whereas if you desire God's presence and you cling to him... There's fullness of joy, according to verse 11, the last one we read this morning. So let's keep going. God's presence leads to safety. God's presence feeds us. It's not only our safety, it's our sustenance. I like what David says because it must be a conscious choice. Okay, This must be a conscious choice. God's presence feeds us. And when you eat, you are conscious, correct? You, know, you can't sit at the table with your face in your food asleep. Okay, you've got to be conscious. You've got to be awake. You've got to lift the fork, cut it, and eat it. Okay, it's a conscious choice to take food in. And so David says, the Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. The Lord, the Lord is my choice, choice cut. Okay, you ever look for that choice cut when you go in? What's the real nice cut? He's my chosen portion. He's my choicest portion of food, and he's my cup. You know, Jesus is the, is the bread of life. He said that. He said, I am the bread of life. He said, also, I am the living water. He is my bread, and he is my drink, my cup. You hold my lot. You hold me. You, you own everything about me, and you hold it safely in place. But we must choose that. We've got to make the Lord our choice, chosen portion and cup. We can't live without sustenance. We can't live without God's presence in our life. It includes, uh, it must be a conscious choice. It includes a pleasant reward. This is great. David says, the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. The boundary lines of our life have fallen to us in pleasant places. God wants that. It's not that he doesn't want us to, to enjoy where we are, where we live, and the things that he gives to us. He does. But he wants us to acknowledge it. It's not ours, and these are not our good things. The Lord is our good things, and these things happen as a result of it. That's the, the order of affairs here. It also includes counsel and instruction. It, it, counsel and instruction uh, sustains us. When we face decisions beyond our understanding, he says... I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. When I feed on the Lord, when he's my cup, 
and, and my food, my chosen portion, then he gives me counsel during the day. The Holy Spirit is our counselor. The Holy Spirit is our counselor. He counsels us. My, and in the night also, my heart instructs me. You know, my wife has a saying that she says, you know, I don't make, if I have a difficult decision that I'm facing and I have to make it, I, I have two sleeps and uh, two dinners. Okay, so in other words, two days, I'm going to sleep on it, and uh, then I think I'll know what to do. And after that period of time, we let God instruct us, we let the Holy Spirit instruct us even in the night. And he works us over in the night time, doesn't he? He works us over and instructs us and tells us what to do. So it includes counsel and instruction. These are the things that sustain us when we make a conscious choice. When it, it, there's, there's this present reward that flows out of choosing the Lord. And then there's the counsel and the instruction that we have from the Lord. So that's our sustenance, our safety, our sustenance. And lastly, our security. Our security. God's presence guarantees our security. It keeps us secure. Uh, verse 8 is so critical. You're going to really put one here as a to-do. This is a to-do. Not only to choose the Lord as your refuge, your safety. Not only to choose him as your chosen portion and your cup. But to set him before you. Verse 8. I, ha- I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. How many of us do that? How many of us do that? How many of us set the Lord before us? And, and, and I like the words that are put here in our, our ESV. Because I have set the Lord always before me. Always. Not just once in a while. You know, not just for a show. But always. Do we do that? Do we do that? Do we set the Lord always? What's the benefits of setting the Lord before us? Is this a a priority of he's first? Yes, I think that's an aspect. He's first. Not only that, but if he's before us, we're following him. Right? We're behind him. We're following him because he's in front of us. He's leading us. Not only that, but everything we see, we see through Jesus. You know? It's like he is our eyes. In front of us. He is our shield in front of us. The Lord being behind you is no good. You know, the Lord being any lesser priority or you being first in anything or out front in anything, you're vulnerable. You need to be behind Jesus. Okay? And so, but that's a conscious choice, isn't it? To set the Lord always before you. And then he's at your right hand. Because he's at your right hand, I shall not be shaken. I like the interesting thing at the very last verse, that at your right hand. You know, if we set the Lord at our right hand before us, and because he's right there beside us, he sets us at his right hand forevermore in heaven. You know, there's, there, there's, there's, a, there's a logical thing that needs to happen. And so, let's do that. You know, I like what, jo- what, uh, what Job said here. He said, you know, I treasure the word of God more than my food, more than earthly food. And so, you know, our priority needs to be putting God's word. Jesus said, I, I, am, the, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He, all, John said about him, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So if we're going to set God before us, let's set the word before us. Because the word is God. The word is the Lord. The word has God's presence in it. That's what we're doing this morning. We're setting it in front of us. 
putting the Lord in front of us. So we have protection from the assault of evil here. Protection from the assault of evil. I set the Lord. I shall not be shaken. Nothing's going to rattle my cage. We have protection from discouragement and sadness. Verse 9, therefore my heart is glad, my whole being rejoices, my flesh also dwells secure. My heart is glad. My heart is glad. My whole being rejoices. I have something to shout out about. And And I can't even keep quiet about it. Can you? You know, if you're really quiet about how great God is in our lives, your God's presence, how great the Lord is, you know, there's something wrong. There is, there has to be. There's something wrong here. We've got to change that. Protection from discouragement and sadness. We need to be glad. We need to have our whole being rejoice. And we need to know that our flesh is safe. It's secure. Why? For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or your Holy One to see corruption. There's protection from discouragement and sadness, protection from the assault of evil, protection from death, which is the ultimate thing that can paralyze us with fear. We don't want to die. But we're going to. Every last one of us are going to die. We're going to die. But we'll be okay. Because of God's presence. Will you be okay? I don't know if you know Jesus as your Savior. I don't know that. I don't know if you've set Jesus before you yet. Have you seen him on the cross dying for your sins? He died to protect us from death. We Live with hope. And there's even a prediction of Jesus here. This is David talking thousands of years before Jesus. And he says, your Holy One will not see corruption. The Lord Jesus Christ. How could that be? He believed in the resurrection of his great, great, great grandson, Jesus Christ, son of David. You know, your Holy One, the Son of God. The very last verse is the greatest protection of all. Protection from despair. Despair. Now. This brings us to the now. Sometimes we can't deal with the future. Okay, I know there's going to be a resurrection. But what about now? What about now? Does God's presence do anything for us now? It sure does. It protects us from despair. You have made known to me the path of life. Wow. Can you imagine missing that road you know, we came down a new route tonight, today, last, yesterday. We came down for last night. We came down through the U.S. this time. Haven't been across the Ambassador Bridge since we were in seminary, I think, running back and forth between Minnesota and New Brunswick, where, we're, where our home was. And uh, I said, I'm not sure if I can navigate down through there. It's all changed now, all the construction and everything. But God will show us a path of life. Because there are many roads, and not all the roads lead to the path of life. There are many roads to take. There are many gods you can worship. There are many things you can follow. But what will you set before yourself this morning? Will it be the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God? Will it be the Holy Spirit, who is hovering in this world, in this building even now, who dwells in the very heart of a believer, who desires to convict us of our sin and save us from God's judgment by his sweet salvation that he gives for to whoever will call upon the name of the Lord. 
There's no confusion with the Lord. He clearly reveals the path of life which keeps us safe. And he, and he delivers. He delivers what he says he's going to do. Fullness of joy. Do you want fullness of joy? Think about it right now. How joyful are you? What's missing in your life? What's missing? Do you have safety? You know, preserve me, O oh God, for in you I take refuge. What's your go-to? Do you go to anything other than the Lord Jesus? What's your sustenance? What's your sustenance? What feeds your soul? Think about that. What feeds your soul? What keeps you anchored? What keeps you from being vulnerable to the assault of this world? You are my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot, David said. Can you say that? Can you say that Jesus Christ is my chosen portion and my cup? He's the bread of life and he's my cup. How secure are you this morning? If you were to die this morning, what would happen? Would your body stay in the grave? only to be resurrected at the judgment seat of Christ. And there is one called a great white throne. And all those who have not set Jesus Christ before themselves or believed on him as a savior will stand before that throne. You'll be judged according to your works, all you've done, whether good or bad. But you know, in the end, not one work will save you. Not one work will save you. Not one good thing you've done will save you because we have no good thing apart from the Lord. So that's a futile path. And if you're going down that path, jump off of it this morning and choose the path of life. Choose, receive the promise of God's presence. Do you want it? God's promised it, but you, you must choose it. I think we should pray about that, don't you? We should pray about that this morning because as I started, I said we're going to read God's word. We're going to let God's word speak to us. I've only read God's word this morning. I let my let my words be few and his be many. And now you have to answer. You have to answer the Lord. You have to say whether you want his presence or not. Whether you say to the Lord, David said, you are my Lord. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. Are you willing to say that? Are you willing to step out and say that this morning? You've never said it before in your life. You've vacillated in and out of churches, listening to the gospel. You're not opposed to it, but you're not with it. You're not there yet. Maybe today is your decision time. You need to make a decision. We saw conscious decisions here throughout this. David made those decisions. You have to too. You have to answer God. Or you don't have to. I'm not pressuring you to. I don't ever want to make someone do this. You have to want it. So we're going we're gonna to pray, close in prayer. I'm going to just ask for a show of hands if someone wants to make that choice this morning. Because it is your choice. It's always best if it's your choice.
If you want to make that choice, why don't you slip up your hand in that prayer? And then I'll ask you to come forward at the end of the service and just, I'll be over here. I'll talk with you about the Lord, how you can receive Christ as your Savior. It's difficult to make the decision. It's not difficult to be saved. God is willing to save all those who will come to Him and receive Him as their Lord and Savior. So let's prepare ourselves to pray and think about this answer we're going to give to the Lord this morning. Let's pray. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, You are our great God. We are small, little people in this universe. The stars outshine us with their glory and their wonder. They fill the heavens above us with your majesty and your glory. Yet, you loved us so much that you sent your Son, the Son of God, to this earth in the human form to live a perfect spotless life, to be a perfect man, to satisfy your justice, that there's one man who could do what you requested us to do, to live right, and he did. And then that one sacrifice was so perfect. Jesus' life was so perfect, it could be sacrificed to pay for all of our sins. And Jesus surrendered his life and said, I'll give it as a ransom, as payment for everyone who will believe on me. And as many as believed on him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Power. God's presence is power in our lives. The ability to take us from being lost to being found by Jesus and being saved. I'm going to ask as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, that if your answer this morning is, I want to receive the promise of God's presence this morning. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to open my eyes so I can see. Slip up your hand and say, I want to receive the promise of God's presence. I want to set the Lord before me this morning. I've not done that throughout my life, and I need to. I feel God tugging at my heart. Yes, sir. Yes. I see your hand. Praise God. Praise God. You may take it down. Let's, anybody else, we don't want to rush this moment. We don't want to just run out of here because we have other good things to do. Because there's the only good thing is what we do right now. Anybody else want to use this opportunity? It's an opportunity just to choose, to choose. Yes, sir. I see your hand. You may take it down. More importantly, God sees your heart. We have two men, two very brave and very honest and very sincere, I believe, and genuine men. Do we have other men who will stand with them? Other men who say, you know, these men have broke the ice for me this morning. They, they, they want to answer God, that they want His presence and maybe that's helped me to stand with them, make my decision, because I'm not alone. And you are not alone, because God's presence is here with you. But you feel alone, you do, because you've not chosen Him yet. Why don't you choose the Lord and not be alone? Not be all by yourself. Can you imagine standing before God all by yourself? 
without Jesus beside you. You need Jesus beside you. He is your Savior. Anybody? Any women this morning? Praise God for men. I'm sure there's some women here this morning. Anybody? As we close now, we're going to close this door. It's a door of opportunity. We know there are Christians that are here that have not been consistent in, in, in keeping the Lord set before us. All of us are guilty in some way here, Lord. I know I'm guilty. I confess that this morning, Lord. I'm guilty of not keeping you right in the forefront of me every minute, every hour, that I would just sing out to you, I need thee every hour, Lord. I have no good thing apart from you. Help me to do that, Lord. I confess that this morning. I wonder how many others would also confess that as Christians. You're believers, but I just want to confess my inability to keep the Lord right in front of me every day, reading his word, praying, seeking his face, asking him for all my big decisions, seeking his counsel, seeking his advice. Anybody? Just slip up your hand quickly and we'll close. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you for your presence in our life. Yes, Lord, I see it. God sees it. I don't need to. God sees us all. So we're going to finish off this prayer. Our prayer has been open and talking to you, Lord, just seek uniting our hearts together. And now, Lord, as we, we leave this service, maybe those two men that raised their hands would like to come up and pray with me. I'll, I'll pray with you. I want to encourage you, uh, give you some counsel if you need it. Uh, if you don't, if, if you're ready to go home, that's fine. But it's just open there. I'm available for you. We're available. All this whole church family, they, they are the excellent ones. They're here for you in the days ahead. They will comfort you and encourage you in your path that you've chosen, the path of life. Oh, God, thank you for this morning. Be with us as we finish off the final moments. Any decisions we need to make, help us make them secure and certain. In Jesus' name, amen.